0: Tonight, I don't really have a, a sermon as much as kind of a recap and uh, uh, hopefully an encouragement for you as we go into 2018, but um, there will be a few scriptures, and I always like to honor the Lord by honoring his word, and my favorite way of doing that is lifting our Bibles over our head. So do that. Lord, we thank you that your word is unfallible. It's truth, Lord. It is Um, a sword of the Spirit, Lord, cutting down to the bone and marrow in our lives, opening us up. Lord, you plant seeds of of knowledge and truth and faith deep inside of us through your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And we know that reading it, studying it, memorizing it, and meditating on it will never steer us wrong. So we honor you and we lift you up. In Jesus' name, Amen. Awesome. Hey, I'm so glad to see so many of you. I know that between uh, the holiday times, New Year's, people traveling, being out of town, and then uh, a lot of people have had the flu. How many of you have had the flu, like the legit flu? Maybe I shouldn't ask you to raise your hand. People are like, oh, "What?" If you're here, we are assuming that you are over the flu. Hey, listen. Um, definitely want to share some thoughts with you. Uh, you know, this is the last time we'll be together in 2017. And, and uh, I wanted to remind you that this is the year that we celebrate or have celebrated uh, our 10th year. Many of you were at our 10-year uh, celebration service back in February. We had a great time. We had a lot of key players that were a part of uh, starting SOMA with Melissa and I and our team Uh, people from out of town, people that are now missionaries that have been sent out of the church. It was a great time. I think some uh, some of the content of that service is actually online. You can go back, reminisce, remember. It was an exciting time. But I do remember specifically that a ton of people, I think our entire staff, Was like deathly ill that whole service. Melissa and I were just like, "Uh, we made it. In fact, we may have spread whatever we had, but we had to come. We could not be there, you know. But uh, it was crazy. I I remember even some of the night, even though we were deathly ill. Um, But I wanted to bring attention to that. This is our 10th year, and one of the things we've been saying all year, um, sometimes from the stage, a lot of times in staff, um, sometimes as elders, we talk and get together. you know, the, the first 10 years of SOMA um, has been awesome. It's been blessed. We've seen so much, um, so much of God's uh, miraculous, supernatural. Uh, we've seen people saved, uh, baptized, set free, marriages restored. And we could go on and on and on about the things that the Lord has done over the last 10 years. But how many of you know and believe that the next 10 years is going to be even more abundant in the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of God at work in our lives, and the work of our church. How many of you believe that and you're excited about it? Can I just say this as we kind of move forward? Um, that doesn't happen unless we are all where we need to be. And I want to remind you of what our sermon in the sentence was at um, the, first, the first service of the year. Can you put that up there? Remember I said that the voice of the church will only be as loud as the voice of its members. I think Christians, the body of Christ, and really if you think about it, even the world has high expectations of what the church is supposed to be, what it's supposed to accomplish, what it's supposed to represent in the the supernatural, the spiritual well, how we are supposed to touch the world? There really is an expectation among the church, churched, and among the unchurched, and yet the voice of the church, that impact that we're supposed to make, will not be very loud if the voice of its members is not loud. Some of you may even remember that sermon in sentence. You may remember that first sermon of the year because it's whenever I, it's when I told you what the theme. For 2017 is the theme or the prophetic word. The Lord always gives us something for the next year and he's got something for 2018. I can't wait to share it with you next week. But the word, the prophetic word of the theme for 2017 was called out. Specifically, the Lord, I said, Lord, what, what, what do we do for 2017? What, what, what do you want? And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to call out the church. And the theme, the prophetic word for the year, was called out. And you might remember, we said that God is calling out His church to be the light into our neighborhoods and the nations that it's supposed to be. You know, to no longer be a, a, you know... a hiding under the bushel, but to be that light that lets its light shine in such a way that people will see our good works and glorify our, our Father in heaven. I was reading in Ephesians 5 just again this week where it says, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. If you ever wanted a, like a, a subtitle for what the church is or what Christians ought to be or the body of Christ, that would be a good one. People of the light people of the light. So live as people of the light. And that's what he's doing. He's calling his church out, not just in, not just Soma not just in Tyler, not just in Texas, not just in the U S but really all over the world, calling the church out and saying, please be what I've created you, called you and empowered you to be. But then we also talked about how he's calling out the members of his church. Back to that sermon in the sentence, the voice of the church is only going to be as loud as the voice of its members. And so he's calling out the members to believe that God is who he says he is and that we are who he has called us to be in him. We are gifted with the gifts and, and the callings that he has put in us before the foundations of the earth. He has created us for a specific purpose upon this globe and he wants to see the members of his church be and do the things that he's called us to be. Amen? I will get Pentecostal right here, right now. So I need you to be with me, be with me. Ephesians 2.10 We were created in Christ Jesus to do great things for God. A lot of people either don't know or they forget that they've been created with a purpose, created to do great things for God. And so he wants to see the members of his church to step out in those gifts and callings and help make the church be the light to the neighborhoods and nations that it's meant to be. But the third thing, and this was a little hard to swallow, I remember when it came out of my mouth that week one of 2017, everybody was like, did he just say that? And I did. The third thing that the Lord is calling out is the sin in his church. Remember, Jesus is coming back. It's one of the core doctrines of our faith. He's coming back, but he's coming back for a bride. Let's be more specific. He's coming back for a bride, a people that have made themselves ready that are pure and spotless. That doesn't mean perfect. Any perfection is only found in Christ, but in Christ. And when we live a life full of the Spirit, we are a bride that is purified and ready for Him. Remember the the, um, parable of the ten virgins and the lamp and their oil, all that. Their only thing, they made themselves ready. Their lamps were filled with oil, meaning they walked in the power and the presence and the gifts and the callings of the Holy Spirit. He's calling out the sin in this church because he is coming back for that bride. I think we would all, if we were if we were honest, we could look at the church across the world, specifically in America, and go, "Who that, br- that bride needs a little work. Right? Right? You remember that purity book I think it was, The, the Bride Wore White? You guys remember that? How many of you remember that, st- that book? It was a purity book called a Nobody remembers that book. Well, no wonder everybody's all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> bride wore white. You know, sometimes I think the Lord's looking is like, oh, we, we need to bleach the gown of our, of the bride a little bit. And so he is. He's calling out the sin in his church. Ephesians 2 says, We were dead in our trespasses and sin, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. goes on to say that we have been raised with Christ in order... Check this out. That in the coming ages, he might display the surpassing riches of his grace mainly through us. That's what Paul says. That when he displays the the abundant grace and rich mercies of his kingdom, he's going to do it through us. That's what it says. Now listen, that was the word for this year. The prophetic uh, word, the theme for this year. And I was thinking about how easy it would be to see this word to... Treat this word called out the same way that some might treat, you know, Saturday services or life group or maybe encounter services like Melissa was inviting people to come to or serving in the church or giving financially offerings and tithing and and all that stuff. They could view it the same way. Yeah, if I feel like it, I might go this Saturday or I might come to encounter. Or if I have a little extra time, I might, I might um, see if I can help with whatever it is. Or if I have a little bit left at the end of the month, I might give something. I might, I might give an offering or I might give a tithe. I want you to think about this. People who have a casual relationship with the church. And maybe there's some people in this room that have a casual la- relationship with the church, but I'm talking about our church right now. Some that just have a casual relationship with the church, may also have had a casual connection with what God is doing in our congregation this year. And it, it would pain me as a pastor to know that some would only have a casual connection to what God is doing prophetically in our body, because it's my conviction and it's my calling as your pastor to challenge you to personally embrace. Everything that God has for you, okay? So I want to, tonight, here's what I want to do. I want to ask three questions. If you got something to write on, you can write on that, uh, piece of paper or your phone or whatever. i got three questions, and here's the first one. How did God call you out this year? That's the first question. How did God call you out in 2017? That was the word for the year, called out. How did he call you out? And you can't say that, well, there's nothing, there's nothing to call out. <laughs> well, they say? That's baloney. That's baloney. God, nothing to call out. Listen, God is always calling out something in our lives. And then there's seasons in our lives where he's calling out big things in our lives. He's calling us out in big ways. Think about Abraham. God called Abraham out of the land of Ur to go to a, a new place to experience uh, new promises. He had a new promise purpose. Did God call you out of something, out of a place, a place in your heart, a place in your mind, maybe a physical place, and into something new in 2017 like he did Abraham? Think about David. God sent Nathan the prophet to David to call out the sin in David's life because it was a season in David's life where his sin was so gross, it was so terrible that it was affecting everyone around him. You remember, he had the adultery, the affair with Bathsheba, got her pregnant, and to cover it up, he has to um, kill Bathsheba's husband. It got bad. Has God highlighted an area of sin in your life in 2017? that is affecting you, but it's also affecting everyone around you. I was thinking this week about Peter. God called Peter out of a boat, right? Called Peter to step over the starboard side of a boat and walk on water. Granted, that story wasn't about walking on water at all. It was about getting over the things that were holding Peter back from trusting Jesus. Trusting that Jesus knew what he was doing with Peter's life what he was calling him to be and calling him to, to, to do. So what, what starboard side of the boat is God called you to step over and trust who he is? It's a valid question. You might see these, uh, I don't know if we had enough actually, uh, maybe so, maybe at least enough for one family, but I made copies Of all the sermon in the sentences of 2017. Now, granted, those are my sermon in the sentences, except for uh, I think Brian Lackey actually did. When he preached once, he came up with one. Um, Chad has preached once. I know Marvin has preached three or four great sermons. Melissa has preached several times, always brings the word. Uh, We've had a couple of guests in from Israel. We have had um, tons of amazing words, spirit filled words delivered to us this year, haven't we? Yes! Only the best around here, right? <laughs> Not everybody does a sermon in a sentence. Like I said, I think Brian Lackey did. His is on here. But these these were my sermon in the sentences. I have easy access to those. I can pull those right up, you know. And I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna type those up, and I'm gonna put them on a sheet with the reference where you, you can go back and listen because um, or, or recall because this might reflect or remind you of a way that the Lord has spoken to you this year. Maybe it was right out of the chute when I said that you may cast off the symptoms of rejection because you have been healed and accepted. A lot of tears that night, I remember specifically. Maybe that was the night the Lord said, you have walked with a spirit of rejection for far too long. And he called you out of that. He called you out of that. And you study through Ephesians one week, I said that if you will champion your spouse, they will become a champion spouse. I had a lot of feedback on that one too. Maybe that was, maybe that was where, where God called you out. Maybe you were a husband and the Lord said, that's you. You have not championed your spouse and yet you complain about your spouse not being a champion spouse. It could be a wife, same thing. Maybe that was the night that the Lord said it's time to do something different, to be someone different. Maybe, um, maybe uh, it was the week when I said that the sin of self-centeredness stops saints from sharing salvation in the streets of our city. And the Lord put a beam of light on you and your self-centeredness and reminded you that you hadn't shared the gospel or even talked about the things of the Lord outside of the church in years. And you were convicted. And the Lord called you out and said, I want you to do the things that you did at first. Like it says in Revelations. Then you guys might remember we got into the race series we talked about running a race of faith in such a way as a win. And I said, if you skip the stretch, this is one week, if you skip the stretch, if you skip the stretch, you're gonna weaken. Your hope, specifically your hope of winning the race, running in such a way. If you skip the stretch, and the Lord may have said, your problem for your whole life is that you don't want to be stretched. I've tried to stretch you. Your boss has tried to stretch you. Your, your husband or your wife, your parents. You've been, I've been trying to stretch you for years. But you resist the stretch, and yet you complain that you're not able to run the way that you want to run and the Lord called you out. Let me stretch you. Let me stretch you this year. Maybe that is the way that you were called out this year or it could have been that two sentence, sermon and the sentence. When I talked about the kick, we were talking about the race and that week I talked about the, the kick and the sermon and sen- sentence was simply this, finish strong. And that's where the Lord pulled you by the ear and said, hey, that's you. You start, you start well, you get excited, you get pumped about so many things, but you don't finish strong. And that's why you're not seeing the fruit in your life that you want to see. And he called you out. He said, be a strong finisher. Be someone that perseveres all the way to the end. And of course we got into the reaching the remnant series and there are so many sermon in the sentence, but I remember specifically one that was like buzzing while literally while I was preaching it and then like for a few weeks after and I know that God spoke and it's when I said this a steady diet of smartphones with a side of social media is shaping our kids identities and stealing their destinies I encourage you to go back and listen to it because that was more than a sermon it was a prophetic word and I believe it was God's heart and so many said we need to make changes in our lives in our homes We need to address some things with our kids. We need to do some things slightly different in our home. And you might remember I I gave some healthy alternatives. I didn't say don't have a cell phone. I said, here's some healthy alternatives. And the Lord spoke and the Lord said, I want you to change some things. Or even just a couple of weeks ago, I talked about an unfiltered faith, about how we put filters On our faith, and we let our faith only permeate so deep into things in our lives. Some people have relational filters in their faith, they don't trust God to infiltrate every relationship. It could be a husband, wife, marriage, it could be kids, it could be anything. But that's where you will put a, here's my faith, but I'm going to put a a filter here because I don't fully trust God in my relationships. We talked about finances. We looked at Malachi 3 and how the one place where God says, test me, trust me in this and see if I won't pour out the blessings of heaven. But people have filters on their faith in the areas of their finances. I can't trust God with this. Therefore, I don't give. I hold back. I, I'm, not a, I'm, not even, I'm not just not a cheerful giver. I'm not a giver at all because I just don't trust God with my finances. We talked about several different areas in our lives where we just put filters on our faith. Again, these, there's a, a bunch of them. And these are just the ones that I'm able to document sermons in a sentence. There were so many powerful words coming from, again, Marvin, Melissa, Chad, Brian. uh, Chaim Singerman, I believe, came this year. And and Moran, a Jewish guy. I can't remember his last name. It was hard to pronounce. All of them. Nick. Nick was here. Gave a powerful word about persevering. My question is, how did you respond when the Lord called you out? How did you respond? Actually, that's my second question. My first question was, how did God call you out this year? Are you tracking with me? Okay, that's my second question. You can write that down. How did you respond? When God called you out, I believe that he called everyone out in one way or another. It's impossible for you to be in the presence of the Lord, hearing his word week in, week out, and not have something. You know what I mean? Even if you came in, and you had your heart set on not hearing, God has the ability to pull our spiritual fingers out of our ears and speak to us, doesn't he? Yes, he does. How did he call you out? And then here's my second question. How did you respond? How did you respond to God when he called you out? I'm not delusional enough to think that every sermon that's come from this stage has rocked the, the world of every listener, but, but again, when you sit in the presence of God, he's going to speak to you. How did you respond Abraham immediately packed his things and left. Like he didn't even hesitate. When the Lord called you out, when he spoke to you, convicted your heart, were you obedient to that move or to that that new thing that he was calling you to, that change that he was calling you to make? Were you obedient? Think about David's response when Nathan called him out for his sin. It says that he fell to his knees. And you remember what he said? I have sinned against the Lord immediately fell down, he repented, and then he began working towards restoration. Did you respond that way? When the Lord called you out, when the Lord spoke to you, when he highlighted an area, did you respond with humility? When God convicted you of your sin, did you repent? We forget to repent sometimes. We're good at the feeling bad part, but we forget to repent And let him wash that away and forget it. Remember it no more. Did you repent? And are you now, as a part of your response, working towards restoration? Like David did. Working towards healing. And then if you remember, Peter actually asked Jesus to call him out on the water. How many of you remember the story? Lord, if it's you, call me to come out on the waves. And of course, we know that Jesus did. And Peter stepped over the starboard side of that boat and took a few steps. But then... The wind started getting crazy, and he started sinking. But if you remember, Jesus took his hand out. He called out to Jesus. Jesus took his hand out, and Peter started walking on the water again. Have you been, in 2017, so desperate to see the Lord move in your life, even to the point where you have asked him to call you out Maybe to use you in a powerful way or to change something in your life or in your family or whatever, so, you know, to free you from some sort of misery. Literally asking, Lord, call me out of this thing, whatever that thing is. And if you asked him to, when he responded, yeah, come on out, did you do it? Did you step out of the boat? Did you start walking towards him? Even though the waters were rough, the waters were were crazy and terrifying. And if you did, please hear me, if you did step out of that boat, start going in that direction, did your faith ever falter? Did you ever have a moment where you're like, oh, Lordy. You find yourself knee deep in the water, terrified that you're gonna be all the way sunk into the waters? And if you did, if your faith ever faltered, did you do what Peter did and cry out to Jesus, Jesus, And Jesus sticks his hand out. And if you did cry out when Jesus stuck his hand out, did you grab hold of it and let him pull you up out of the water? Are you letting him pull you up out of the deep? Are you hearing me tonight? Here's my third question. How will you enter 2018? How did he call you out in 2017? How did he call you out? I hope you know. I hope this little list is maybe a reminder of some of the moments that he spoke to you in 2017. How How did he call you out? Question two, how did you respond? But my third question is this, how are you going to enter 2018? How will you enter into 2018? If you responded in 2017, with humility? Will you carry that into 2018? Will you continue to be faithful to those things that he called you out of and to go into the direction that he called you forward to? Will you continue in that direction? If you responded with pride and resisted God's voice, can we just call that what it is? When we don't respond with humility, it's responding with pride and we are resisting his voice. If you responded with pride and resisted his voice in 2018, will you humble yourself and admit that you resisted in 2018 tonight? It's like, you know what? He called me out. He called me out of earth. He called me out on the waves. He called out my sin. He called out the the grossness of my actions and my attitude, but I didn't respond. I was angry. I was bitter. I was confused. I was whatever it is. I didn't respond with humility. I did not listen to his voice. Will you humble yourself in 2018? Will you repent tonight here can you get home, pull your wife aside, say, can we talk? Pull your kids aside? Whatever it is, will you do that as you enter into 2018? Will you repent for the sin of disobedience? Because that's what it is. I'm just being candid. Will you let God do in you and do for you and do through you what he's wanted to do, what he wanted to do in 2008 and 17? In 2017, uh, he had something he wanted to do, call you out okay? If, if, again, in pride and resistance, you did not walk in that. Remember it says in Ephesians that we were created for good works, that we might walk in them. If you didn't walk in them in 2017, here's the good news. God's mercies are new every morning. Well, we've got a few days until the new years, but God's mercies are new tomorrow morning. I mean, let's just, let's Let's cut to the chase. God's mercies are new right now. I want you to stand with me.